Our scripture today comes from the book of Romans, the 13th chapter, and we're going to start at verse 11 and carry through verse 14. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when, you first, when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a, uh, there's a phrase that uh, is both kind of funny, but also a parable that we pastors say to each other. And it's actually a phrase that I use when I teach pastors about how to be a pastor. And that phrase is simply this, Sunday comes around every week, so you've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared. 52 times a year this happens. Sunday comes around every week, and the preacher's job is to be prepared each and every Sunday, to be here, be prepared, and ready to go. And the reality is that most weeks that is, is easy enough that you just go through your week and go through your routine and everything's fine. But, but sometimes uh, I, I've, had, I've had weeks where, I, where I've had two funerals at a wedding, or two weddings at a funeral, or whatever that movie was. I've had weeks like that where, where it just seems like it was da-da-da-da-da, and, and oh, yeah, Sunday. And so what you do as a preacher is you, you build a rhythm into your week for sermon prep that allows you to, to, you know, if things get busy, you're still ready. Now, I joke all the time, although it's not entirely a joke, I joke all the time that uh, um, I write my sermons on Sunday morning. Um, you don't know how true that can be sometimes. As a matter of fact, this morning at 9 o'clock service, Greg and I, Pastor Greg and I sit in these chairs at 9 o'clock, and we came in and, and we're listening to the choir, and I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot to write in a whole part of my sermon, so I'm writing it in my head. I'm not going to tell you which part it is. I'm going to leave you to guess on that wasn't this part. Um, but, but every Sunday after, after service is over, sometime before I go to bed, I read the scripture for the coming week. And that's how I begin my preparation. And then I go through the whole week and I've got little things that I do throughout the week so that when I come to Sunday morning, I'm ready to go. You have to be prepared. So you create a rhythm to it. Christmas is kind of like that. You know what? No matter what we do, it shows up every year you got to be prepared. And so the church has created a rhythm around that. Actually, the Catholic church did that. I have so many uh, friends and I often have had members of churches that I've pastored that, that have been Catholic in their upbringing. And sometimes they're a little bit down on their, on their faith of their upbringing. And, and, but man, the Catholic church has given us so many gifts. And one of those gifts is what we call the lectionary. And you may not have known that we kind of follow it here. We don't follow it exactly, but, but we do follow because it creates a rhythm of the church year. And let's put that up there, the lectionary. Um, uh, 
There it is. <laughs> so the lectionary, the le did you know this is the first Sunday of the church year? The first Sunday of Advent, four Sundays before Christmas, the first Sunday of the church year is now. Advent. Advent's a word that means preparation, and, and we prepare ourselves for the birth of Christ that comes around every year. Whether you're ready for it or not, whether you've put up your lights or left them up the year before, whether you've, you've set up the tree or, or done all the things that you need to do and bought all the gifts, it's coming whether you like it or not, it's going to show up on December 25th comes every year. And so we have this season of preparation, of Advent that we call it. And then we hit Christmas and Christmas time. And Christmas time then, then flows, um, it's usually one Sunday after Christmas, sometimes it's two Sundays after Christmas, is Epiphany. And Epiphany is this, this time that means um, recognized for what it is. And so we, we usually celebrate that by talking about the three wise men, the three kings, the three magi, whatever your translation of scripture calls it, but the, the three who recognize the baby for who he is. That's epiphany. And then there's this season out. Now, um, depending on whether you're Catholic, you'd call it common. If you're, if you're um, a traditional, you'd call it the ordinary. Sometimes some people call it the season of epiphany. Doesn't matter what you call it. There's this season in between epiphany and Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday begins the season of Lent. And the season of Lent is the, the days leading up to, seven weeks leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his subsequent resurrection on Easter. And so Lent is a time where, where we spend time penitent. Uh, we spend time uh, confessing. We spend, we spend time um, sacrificing. You know, you, people always ask that question, especially if you're from St. Louis. It, it was a question, the one you ask after, right after you ask what high school you went to, you, you ask the question, um, what are you giving up for Lent? Because we're a good Catholic town, right? And so you'd ask that question, what are you giving up for Lent? The giving up is the sense of sacrifice. Does Christ sacrifice himself for you? What are you giving up? And that's that, that season of Lent, which then reaches its culmination in Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's the Easter season that lasts for 50 days from, um, from, uh, no, from, 50 days from Passover, Passover, we celebrate on the Thursday before Easter, right? We call it Maundy Thursday. It's a, the day in, uh, when Christ did the Last Supper. That Last Supper was a Passover, the Jewish celebration. And so uh, we, Pentecost means 50 days, 50 days from the Passover to that Sunday is a season that we call the Easter season. Um, and, and then Pentecost begins. And Pentecost is that Sunday, that day when the Holy Spirit, God sent his Holy Spirit on the church. I don't mean the building, right? They, they didn't have a church building back then. They had just a group of people gathered together. And God, by his Holy Spirit, empowered them to share the, his love with the world, to share the love he showed in Jesus Christ, to share the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ with the world. 
And as we are the church, not the building, as we are the church, remember we learned that in Sunday school as little kids, right? I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. The church is not a building, the church is the people. And as we, as we seek to be Christ in our community, the church, but also in the world, we're empowered by God's spirit to go out and share that good news. And so we talk about that at Pentecost, but then Pentecost leads into this what we call the ordinary time. Again, if you're Catholic, they probably called it the common time. Um, the the uh, Christian church once tried to bring on the name Kingdom Tide, and it just didn't stick. I don't know why. But, but it's a long season because it goes from about May all the way through the first Sunday of Advent. But in that season, it's not like we're just kicking around doing nothing because we're remembering that Jesus ascends into heaven and before he ascends, right before, he says to his followers, Matthew 28, uh, he says to his followers, go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've taught you. So we spend that ordinary season teaching us to obey everything Jesus taught us. That's what that season is that leads up to, again, Advent. Now, notice there's, there's no American holidays written in that list, though we bring them up from time to time. I don't know where Valentine's Day fits in that ordinary season and, and uh, you know, Fourth of July. And, um, <laughs> but there's this, this sense of a rhythm to it. A sense that, that, that we go, we, we, we have a flow of what we do when that helps us then again prepare to come around to Advent to prepare for the birth of Christ. Christmas comes around every year. And it's about to come around again. And so we begin our season of Advent, and actually, we began our Advent, our preparation, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago. Some of you participated, a lot of you actually participated in our, in our, um, our Christmas carol bracket. Any of you do that, the Christmas carol bracket? So um, for those of you that participated, you got it all wrong, um, or you ruined my bracket in the first week. Uh, so what we did was um, we rigged it a little bit, and what we did, so Christmas, the Advent season. There's four words associated with each of the four Sundays. This we have four candles plus the center candle is called the Christ candle that we light on Christmas Eve. But the the, the four Sundays are often hope, peace, love, and joy. If you Google the four Sundays in Advent, usually those four words, though not necessarily in that order, are the ones you come up with. But I'll tell you what, you Google that, you'll find there's a lot of other ideas of what those four Sundays ought to be called. Uh, these are the ones we're going with. Almost always, almost without exception, I say almost because I know somebody's going to Google it and prove me wrong, hope is the first one. And so this, what we did was we, we put four songs related to hope in the first bracket, Four songs related to peace in the second, four songs related to love in the third, and four songs related to joy in the fourth. And the first day we did this, we narrowed it down then to two songs, right? Two songs against two songs in the first bracket. And then we narrowed it down to just the two winners, and then we narrowed it down to just the one. And you got it wrong this Sunday, um, but I'm, I'm going with your vote. Um, 
with O Come All Ye Faithful. God bless Donna at the, at the previous service. She picked one of my songs as the closing hymn. So uh, I'm thankful to that. Um, so hope will come all ye faithful. Next week is Peace Sunday, and we'll, we'll talk about what child is this. And the third Sunday is O Little Town of Bethlehem, the Love Sunday. And the fourth Sunday is the Joy Sunday. Joy to the world. That was a gimme. I think, I think it's the one that won by the widest margin. Now, we were a little more autocratic with Christmas Eve. Um, and by the way, the little infomercial here, Christmas Eve services are 5 o'clock for the contemporary service. That's p.m. And 7 o'clock for the traditional service on Christmas Eve. 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock, you heard it here first. And we rigged that because we, we didn't even give you a choice. We're going to do O Holy Night and, of course, conclude with Silent Night, as is our tradition. Christmas Day happens to be a Sunday this year. And so we actually had a, a, a bracket for that as well. And uh, that uh, Christmas Day, um, we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And we're going to do it at one service at 11 o'clock. How many services? One. At what time? Otherwise, you have to sit and have coffee and donuts with me at 1030 when you show up. Oh, I know, no, no, that's not actually not true. At 10.35 when you show up. <laughs> the next week, New Year's Day, happens to be on a Sunday again. You want to guess how many services we're having? One. You want to guess what time it is? 11 o'clock. And as it would be this year, uh, New Year's Day, that Sunday is Epiphany Sunday. And so the song that was chosen was Go Tell It on the Mountain. Again, sharing with people who this child is, the birth of Christ our Savior. So today is the Sunday of hope, the Sunday that we, that we talk about hope. And so we ought to define hope. There's a scripture um, in 1 Corinthians 13. You had that at your wedding, right? 1 Corinthians 13, the one that goes, love is patient, love is kind. It is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, but insists on the truth. Love bears all things, believes it, something like that. But at the conclusion of it, the last verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I've done a lot of weddings, by the way, that's why. And 1 Corinthians 13, 13 ends with, and now faith, hope, and love abide these three. Different translations will, will say things like these precious three. Abide these three, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Faith. Faith is belief that God has sent his son for our salvation. Hope is trust that through his son you are all saved for all eternity. Hope, therefore, is trust that what God has promised, God will fulfill. Hope is trust that, that what God has promised, God will fulfill. Love, then, is the motivation to act on faith and trust or hope. Love is the action that completes and, and, and perfects our hope and trust. 
Hope is, hope is oftentimes, actually, if you, if you go to the, the lectionary, the, they, they prescribe scripture for each Sunday of the year, three-year rotation. And, um, and so the first year, year A, they call it, is um, the, book of Mar- uh, the book of Matthew is featured. And, and year B, the book of Mark is featured. And year C, the book of Luke is featured. And, and then they also have Old Testament and New Testament reading. By the way, John, John gets sprinkled through all the years. And so, but Old Testament reading, New Testament reading, a psalm or a proverb or one of the other um, uh, poetry of the Bible. And, and so if you read the ones that are prescribed for Hope Sunday, there's always sort of an end time feel to it. We have this hope in a future reality that God has already created trust that what God has promised, God will fulfill. We have this hope in this future reality. It's an absolute trust that, that this will come to be. And in the scripture that I, I read today, it has sort of that end time sense to it, doesn't it? It talks about the hour has already come. There's a sense of urgency to it that calls us to consider the end time. Why? Because Jesus tells us that nobody knows the day or the hour. Jesus didn't even know. It's one of the great mysteries of, of the, the scripture is that, that, that Jesus, Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is God on earth. And, and, and yet Jesus knew everything but that. I mean, there's scripture that say Jesus knew what was in their hearts. So he's, he's talking to somebody and already knows what's in their hearts. But, but Jesus doesn't know. He tells us he doesn't know when the end time will come. It's one of the great mysteries of scripture that, why? I don't know. It's a wonderful mystery. Not even Jesus knew. I, I, I th- he knows now, up in heaven with God. He, he knows now. But not even Jesus knew. He says, he says that expect it will come like a thief in the night. Unsuspected, unannounced. And whether, so whether, whether this end time comes as an apocalyptic reality that, that is described in, in the book of Revelation and other places in scripture, or if it means the end time for our individual lives. And it's a rare occasion that we know the when. So there's this necessity, this urgency to be prepared for the advent of our own salvation. The reality of the time when we enter into our eternity. There's this sense of urgency about it. It also, that scripture also said that the hour is closer than when we first believed. And, and, and that is so true. Each day that gets ticked off our calendar brings us closer to the day that what God has promised, God will fulfill. But then, like, like many other scriptures, it goes into this sense of dark and light. And the recognition of, of, of the darkness that seems to be a reality of the world. And, and it just for the last couple of weeks, uh, our staff has talked about, and in, in, in pastoral care meetings, we've talked about, about this darkness that we live in right now, this, this, this terrible darkness that, that seems to drive some people into such a dark place that they think that they need to go and they need to take as many people with them as they can. And it's just 
just dragging on our hearts that there's so many people that are that are doing this violence, this, this shooting of others and then, and then dying in the wake of it. It's such a, it's a, such a deep darkness. And just, just this past week at, at, at our school district, in the Rockwood School District at Marquette High School, there was, there was one student who, who sent a bomb threat. He did it digitally and, and didn't recognize that he could get caught for that and, and did. Or, or maybe that was his wish. And the very next day at the same school, somebody sent another threat. And this time it was very specific, even down to the room where it would begin. Now that student was caught as well. What I wish for that student is that somebody will now, for both of them, that somebody will now enter into their life to bring some light into their darkness. I can't even imagine what goes through somebody's heart that says it is hopeless. It is without promise. It is only darkness that the next right step is to take lives as many as I can before my own is taken or I take it myself. And it's just more evidence that the church isn't done with our job. The church hasn't, hasn't finished sharing Christ in the way that we're called to, to share this, this, this sense of what we read in the scripture, it's a deadly serious business. And we don't talk about it in that way at the Christmas time, but it is so serious. We, we talk about it in a, in a sense of joy and of triumph, of the, of the salvation that God has promised. And that's important and good to do, recognizing how serious it is. To let people know that salvation has come. Not only did it come on that day that Christ arrived, but it comes every Christmas day. Christmas is coming. Are we prepared for it? But not only does it happen every day, it happens every week. It happens every year. It's important for us to, to do this time of preparation. There's an urgency to our necessary preparations. It's time to prepare our hearts. To go to Bethlehem, the source, the beginning place of our faith. To return once again to Bethlehem on the possibility that Christ might be born again into our lives. I love that phrase. I, I don't remember where I got that, but, but I borrow it from someone. And so I, I don't claim it as my own, but I use it all the time. May Christ be born again into your life this Christmas season, this time of Advent, of preparation. It's a time to prepare our hearts to, to go to Bethlehem, the place of the birth of our faith. And so, and so as we sang that song, let me repeat the words and hear these words. The words are going to be up on the screen for you to see as well. <clears throat> hear these words in your heart again. O come, all ye faithful, all you that already know about Christ, Already, already understand the salvation that was offered. Already get it. Come, and come in a joyful and triumphant way. Come, come to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. True God of true God, light from light eternal, born of a virgin, to earth he comes. 
only begotten Son of the Father. Sing, choirs of angels. Sing in exaltation. Sing, all you citizens of heaven above. Glory to God. All glory in the highest. And this, this verse that's supposed to only be sung on Christmas morning, we break the rules here once in a while. Yea, Lord, we greet thee. Born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Christmas is coming. It comes around each year. Are you prepared? I, I, don't, I don't mean the, the busyness of the decorations. I don't, I don't mean the, the busyness of shopping and making sure you got the right gift for the right person. I got to get that done too. I'm just make a note here. Shop. The season of Advent is a time for you to make your preparation for the true God of true gods, the light of our salvation, to once again proclaim Christ is your Lord and your Savior. The angels have sung it, and people have celebrated it every year since. Come, all ye faithful. Come, as joyful recipients of salvation. Come in the triumph of Christ's life over death. Come again to Bethlehem, the place we return each year. Come and adore Christ the Lord. Amen and amen.